Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Finally, summer, it looks like it outside, or at least it's getting close. Welcome in. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Thanks for kicking it with us on your Tuesday. Uh, interesting because I was thinking about this today. We are in the studio, stem to stern this week, and that's the first time we've done that in seriously months, whether it's... Uh, remote broadcasts locally here in Missoula or taking the show on the road. We have been all over the place. It's been very fun uh, to put together the puzzle each day and uh, bring you this show from all corners of not only uh, the state of Montana, but also just the entire region. But we're here, stem to stern, and it's it's so e- interesting as well because when we're outside of the studio, sometimes that makes our content a little bit variable. But now with us being right here, a ton of stuff 
coming down the pipe, but also just different logistics and planning it all out. So uh, it is that time of year where we're trying to find as many interesting discussion points as we possibly can. So if you have questions, comments about the wide world of sports, the events portion of our coverage here at Nuanas Now essentially will be over after this upcoming weekend. The NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships are rolling. Uh, a whole collection of athletes from the Big Sky Conference in the meet, including five from Montana State. But after that, we have uh, the time where this show has the biggest opportunity to breathe. It's about a six or seven week span between the end of the academic year and all of the sports that we cover so fervently. Um, so much of our academic or so much of our athletic calendar revolves around the academic calendar because we cover so much high school and college sports around the state of Montana. So if you have questions, comments, a talking point you want us to get to, anything and everything, grids, cats, high school sports, whatever, 406-888-1029. Call us, come on the show, or text us. Either one works, 888-1029. You're going to want to remember that because it is a Tuesday, Tagliari Tuesday. So about 45 minutes from now, about 445, quarter till 5, we will be giving you an opportunity to win a free gift card to Tagliari Deli, one of the best sandwiches you're going to find in the Treasure State. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of different things today. We're going to talk recruiting right off the top, both in new philosophy for the Montana Lady Grizz, as well as sort of uh, the attempt to refortify a specific position group at Montana State on the football team. We're also going to talk some more Big Sky Conference football. We talked some Big Sky football yesterday. We'll probably dance around, if not dive into Big Sky football more often than not here uh, with football sort of closing in. I mean, I think we're getting close to about 100 days out. We're six, seven weeks out from the Big Sky kickoff. But either way, it's always fun, especially when the recruiting cycle keeps on churning. We will continue to have future Grizz, future Bobcat football players on this show, most of them with Montana ties. So stay tuned for that. Our senior spotlight will also uh, continue uh, this week and throughout the rest of the summer as well. So stay tuned for that. But today, we're going to get started with some recruiting. Uh, then we will get into some NHL. I watched the King's Ransom last night, one of the original 30 for 30s, uh, the documentary series. It's only about 50 minutes long, but it's all about the trade. When Wayne Gretzky was at the absolute height of his powers, one of the biggest stars in all of sports, had led Edmonton to four Stanley Cups in the last five years, was just completely lighting the sporting world on fire. And then he gets traded to the Los Angeles Kings, in probably the most the uh, the most prominent trade in NHL history, one of the most prominent trades in pro sports, but it's also just crazy how much times have changed since then, just in terms of the economics and finances of sports, and also what that trade did retrospectively some 30-something years later, 35 years later, uh, to the Edmonton Oilers who lost last night to the Colorado Avalanche and are swept out of the playoffs in the uh, Western Conference Finals. So we'll give you an update on the NHL playoffs as well as we're now down to three teams total with the Avalanche moving into the Stanley Cup Finals. We also got a Missoula Paddleheads update for you. We will have Paddleheads baseball on these airwaves most nights this summer, and uh, but not tonight because they do have this two-day off stretch uh, after playing nine straight against the Great Falls Voyagers. So we'll give you an update on what's going on with the Paddleheads plus the rest of the Pioneer League top of the hour, we are going to hear from one of those participants in the upcoming NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships in Tracktown, USA. Eugene, Oregon. Duncan Hamilton will join us. He's a Bozeman product. 
and a junior at Montana State, one of the favorites in the men's steeplechase, which will play out on Wednesday afternoon. So Duncan Hamilton will join us to get uh, hour number two kicked off. We also have our Treasure State Stars highlighting some of the best individual performances from across the state of Montana, plus some all-star rosters for you for the upcoming Montana-Wyoming High School all-star basketball game. And we are going to talk about the thing that is uh, the most thought-provoking thing going on in sports right now to me, and that is the emergence of a new professional golf tour. The Live Tour is officially live with not just Bill Mickelson, but hello, Dustin Johnson on his way to the Live Tour as well, putting the PGA in his rear view. What are the bonuses? What are the pluses and minuses, the pros and cons of this situation? This is uncharted territory, especially in the world of golf. But our conversation just about the evolution of pro sports in America will continue. I mean, is is competing leagues a good thing or not? Uh, we shall debate about 530, so stay tuned for that. There you go. It's your show outlook here on Nuanas Now. Presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any questions you have in the real estate world, give Brent and his team a call today. You want to stream the show? You always can on the ESPN Montana app, or you can go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com, and click on Listen Live. You can also always find us on YouTube. The YouTube stream is the app stream. The app stream is the YouTube stream. So whichever you prefer. Uh, But spread the news about all the different ways that you can consume this show because you don't just have to be in your truck driving home from work, driving around Missoula, Listen to the radio. If you're at home, you can watch us on TV. If you're out and about, you can watch us on the app. If you're at your office, you can stream us on our computer or just click on the YouTube channel or get that app going on your phone. Tons of ways to consume this show, and uh, we appreciate you, as always, for hanging out with us to get your week started. Let's dive into some recruiting. The Montana Lady Grizz have now uh, two verbal commitments for the class of 2023, including one with a noticeable, recognizable last name, Macy Heward, who's the younger sister of Haley Heward. Haley Heward, a freshman for the Lady Grizz in Brian Holsinger's first season a year ago. Uh, Haley Heward actually was recruited and signed to play for Mike Petrino and his staff. A couple of those staff members were then holdovers on Brian Holsinger's staff, and they were able to uh, keep Haley Heward, and now her little sister on the way. Uh, She's a standout at Valor Christian. Just uh, a brief scan of her Twitter account. Uh, Looks like she's got offers from Northern Arizona um, as well as Stephen F. Austin, so NAU of the Big Sky, and then Stephen F. Austin. So, uh, Ballard Christian, a really good prep program, and uh, Haley Heward, a good commit. But this leads us to a conversation then about the change in recruiting for the Lady Grizz. So often when coaches are, are hired and, and introduced, they, they proclaim this vision of what they want the program to become. In my experience, the, uh, that vision coming to fruition, if it ever does, a lot of times it never does. Sometimes it never even comes close. But uh, more often than not, most times, it takes longer for that vision to come to reality. Now, some of it comes down to just the logistics of enacting what you say you're going to do. And when coaches proclaim that they're going to massively change the recruiting of a program, a lot of times the implementation of that doesn't come as quickly as uh, maybe a lot of the fan base would want. Uh, That said, the Lady Grizz have fundamentally changed 
so much of who they're recruiting, where they're recruiting from. Um, we've had all sorts of firsts uh, to this program. The Lady Grizz have never been much to take, uh, much one to take transfers, particularly from the junior college ranks. But they have had a couple junior college players uh, the last in, in the last year, or last I guess two recruiting cycles. We've also seen hardly any international players. There have been some of the first international players. And I know a couple of those: Nia Morris Nelson and Lauren Mills, both from Australia. They actually came to play for the Mike Petrino uh, coaching staff. But you look at the way that this roster sits right now, and you were set to graduate five seniors, but instead you're going to graduate four with the return of Sammy Fatkin. And then you look throughout the rest of the roster, and by and large, it's new. And I think that's a reflection of Brian Holsinger as he continues to recruit uh, a variety of different areas. It seems like they have a little bit of a pipeline now coming from that Denver area, which was a place that Lady Grizz didn't recruit that often, but I think is a good spot to be in uh, for women's basketball. You also see an intra-conference transfer in Gina Markson, formerly of Idaho, who's coming in. You see uh, a Division One transfer, a, a, a Power 5 transfer in Keeley Burton-Oliver, who comes uh, from Washington State and Arizona State previously. So there's just a variety of different new types of players that are coming into Lady Grizz forever. We just saw gals from Montana and Idaho and Eastern Washington conglomerated in Missoula and Robin Silvig was such a brilliant developer and the fan base was so fervent and so passionate about particularly cheering on local and and in-state athletes that uh, the the formula was, was so consistent and so good. And now it's a completely different formula and we'll get to what I think of this, because in my opinion, this is the way that they needed to go. But we'll go to our producer, Andrew Houghton, now and ask uh, him, because um, I'll let you go first, because I know exactly what I want to say about this. But what do you think of this now with the extension into new territories for Lady Grizz, new types of players? Well, they're evolving, Coulter, or dare I say, keeping up with the times, because the game is changing. Sure. Um, and, you know, it's a little bit surprising that the... Robin Selvig model, I guess, was able to hang on and, and have success in my mind for as long as it did, uh, because you could see the writing on the wall back then, even with his last few teams. This is just what the game is now. I mean, basketball is a global game. Going international is a great way to get in talented players. And, and now, I mean, the other thing is with the transfer portal, you, you, you just can't ignore it. For sure. And, and the one thing Worth noting from, you mentioned even back to the the time when Robin Selvig was still the head coach, and that's getting further and further in the rear view, so it needs to become further and further from the narrative, but one of the things that started occurring, Robin Selvig's last handful of years as the head coach at Montana, was the best players from Montana stopped going to Montana. Right. And that's not necessarily because they were going to Montana State. A couple have gone to Montana State. Montana State's had some good in-state players in the last 10 years. But more than that, it's that Montana got discovered and girls from Montana started playing on regional AAU teams. And the girls from Montana just started going to a much bigger level than the Big Sky Cowers. The Tinkle Sisters and um, Jill Barda, who went on to become the West Coast Conference Player of the Year at, at Gonzaga and was a WNBA draft pick. You know, in the ni- 80s and 90s, those girls would have just gone to Montana, and they just would, would have been the next in the long line of great and probably 
talent level that's superior to the big sky, and that stopped happening. So I do think you need to sort of replace it. It's sort of interesting to me the way that in-state recruits have sort of reallotted themselves within the state. You still see some of the best players in the state be able to go to the Division One level outside of Montana, but then you're also seeing, um, I guess there's just not as many Montana girls when the top ones leave the state than some of the middle-tier ones. Are they quite good enough to play for the Cats or the Grizz? But then I think you also, I guess there's just kind of this gap, and that's why then, though, you have great teams at Montana Western and Carroll College, because then a lot of the girls that are maybe fringe Big Sky girls are going to the frontier and, and, and are far superior to that level of play. And I think you're seeing Montana State come on a little bit, too, for a lot of these in-state girls as well. For sure. Even then, though, Montana State has done such a great job of, of recruiting pipelines out of Boise, which makes sense because Trisha Benford was a great point guard there in Boise, but also from Minneapolis, from the Minneapolis area. They have a great pipeline coming from that Minnesota Fury club program, and that's given them players like Valen Frigi and uh, players like Martha Cooter and um, Claire Lundberg and, and a variety of other. Tori Martell, they were all from that same area, that same club team. So I do think you're right. you gotta keep, you got to find consistent pipelines. But I also think the international angle is an interesting one, too, because Brian Holsinger did that really well as a recruiter in the Pac-12, mainly at Oregon State. And uh, you have to wonder, what's the talent level of some of these international girls that are coming in? Can they be superior to the Big Sky level if, if they were getting Pac-12 interest, if the, if the interest started when Holsinger was still in the Pac-12? Well, with the international girls, I mean, we're seeing it on all levels of basketball. I mean, UConn has international girls now on the women, on the women's team, and it's a huge deal in the men's game too. Uh, but especially on the women's side, I, this is it's just a pipeline that you can't afford to ignore. You can't afford to uh, not have the expertise and and the connections in. Uh, so it was. You know, I, I think this first class of, of international girls that Montana brought brought over or into the program was all right. I mean, Naya Morris-Nelson definitely contributed. Katerina Cheneke had some moments there. Yeah. N- not great players or haven't been yet. I guess Katerina Cheneke still has another year. I, I think Cheneke could be good. I think if her role was a little bit uh, a moving target. Right? She does some good things for sure. Uh, I think that uh, I, I think that they had sort of a logjam. They had so many players that really couldn't they they couldn't they did different things well but they couldn't separate themselves from each other so they had sort of this logjam of who's going to play what minutes like you knew what minutes you were going to get out of several of the seniors uh, but then the rest of it was who's feeling confident or lack thereof that night between like Chineke and Kendall Keller Danny Barch's minutes were really sporadic too so you wonder if Chineke coming in as a senior if she can sort of raise her level up I think she could definitely be part of the rotation but anyways uh an interesting fold in terms of like you're saying just their emergence as international players for Lady Grizz yeah, and it'll be interesting to see, uh, I, I guess, the development of the other international player on the roster, the, the German girl, Lisa Kiefer, uh, because she's, uh, in terms of, of frame and height, I mean, she's right up there with a lot of with a lot of players in the league. And um, that's the other thing with the international girls. Chineke was a transfer, uh, but showing that you can develop these girls a lot of the time is big. Absolutely. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, or maybe the ESPN Montana app. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, also in the recruiting world, Montana State gets a late junior college edition on the football field. Malik Mullins 
uh, joins the Bobcats. Coming out of spring ball, if you were to ask me what are the definitive weaknesses of the two programs in Montana, and I've already uh, talked about this quite a bit on the Montana side of things, I think the Montana Grizzlies are flush with talent pretty much across the board. Uh, with, and I think that their their two biggest issues right now are their offensive line being really young. Can those guys come along quickly? Do they have the, the talent and the toughness there to hang and, and run the ball like they need to and want to? I mean, who's going to be the kicker and the punter? For the Bobcats, uh, can Tommy Watt take the next step? That's the question on everybody's tongue. Uh, the, the sophomore now quarterback from Butte. Can the Bobcats absorb a huge hit on their offensive line with seniors like Lewis Kidd going to the NFL, Taylor Tua who is a two-time All-Big Sky guy, graduating, Zach Red moving on with his career, then TJ Session, uh, slated starter at tackle, moving on to the Pac-12, transferring to Cal. That's another question mark. But I think that the weakest position group at MSU is their wide receivers. And for as little as the Bobcats have thrown the ball these last couple years, they've had exceptional, phenomenal, top-level talents at wide receiver, evidenced by Travis Johnson, who was in the NFL until last week when he got in trouble, but uh, in the NFL for the last three years, uh, practice squad for the Bucks, practice squad for the Detroit Lions, and then he was on the Bucks roster trying to make that 53-man uh, before a DUI derailed that and got him cut by Tampa, but still an NFL-caliber athlete. Kevin Cassis took a couple years off after being a senior in 2019, He's now trying to make the roster in Seattle with the Seahawks. And then Lance McCutcheon, who was a 1,000-yard receiver a year ago, he's now with the Los Angeles Rams. So even though they have not thrown the ball much at MSU, they've had some top-level talent. How do they replace those guys? They've also had several guys leave that room, and I don't know if these were mutual agreements or not between the coaching staff and the players, but not surprised as Jeff Choate recruits, uh, who also had Denarius McGee help recruit them, Coming from Texas to Montana State, now back to Texas. Charles Brown, who's now committed to Texas State. Jaden Smith, who's headed to Tarleton State. But also Jamad Monroe, they call him Peanut. He remains in the transfer portal as well. So they, they had three guys leave the program and then also had McCutcheon graduate a year ago. So I do think that, that they need more dudes there. I mean, Ravy Alston, who's a Division three transfer from St. John's University in Minnesota, he's one of the guys that started during spring ball. Willie Patterson outstanding slot receiver who's battled injuries most of his career at MSU. He moved from the inside to the outside. And then Coy Steele, who was announced on senior day this last year, but had an extra year of eligibility because of an injury and because of the COVID year, he takes that year. He's the starting guy on the inside. Uh, If Patterson can put his money where his mouth is, he's an electric competitor. He's just had a really hard time staying healthy. He's also had a really hard time making uh, good decisions on the field. Like He has gotten celebration penalties and, and things like that that have sort of landed him in the doghouse, with, at least within the scope of games sometimes. So uh, I don't know. I think that he he needs to prove it. He needs to do it now uh, if he's going to be an impact player. Steele's a lunch pail type guy, you know, workman guy, like a blue-collar type guy. And he's a great guy to have on your team, and he's, he's steady. He's going to get you some production. But I just don't see a lot of proven production there, so we'll see if Malik Mullins can impact that. But regardless, the Bobcats need more players at that wide receiver spot. They have uh, currently 10 guys counting Mullins, six players that aren't the starters, Alston, Patterson, and Steele. And uh, so if they want to have some security blankets for Tommy Mullot, I think they need uh, more and upgraded talent there 
on the outside. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Talking some Big Sky football. Uh, Andrew, I never asked you this yesterday. Before we get into some of these more detailed questions, uh, you asked me what I thought of Montana being ranked ahead of Montana State in the preseason athlon quote-unquote poll. What do you think of the Grizz being ahead of the Bobcats uh, in this latest commentary from uh, Craig Haley of uh, Stats FCS? I was a little bit surprised. I think uh, Montana State certainly lost more than Montana after last season. Of course, that was because they had more to lose. I mean, a lot of talent coming off of that roster. Sure. I think Montana's questions are, um, you know, I, th- I think you're missing one when you, they've got a really questionable sure. couple areas. The offensive line, certainly. Kicker, punter, I would keep talking. They're going to have to bring somebody in. I just don't know what we're going to get at quarterback either with them. That's true. That's and that's, true. that's that goes hand-in-hand hand with the offensive line questions, of course, um, because those two areas are so connected. Um, we haven't really gotten to see Lucas Johnson. For sure. And it, it's going to remain that way until until fall camp and maybe through the start of the season a little bit because, like you said, I mean, the, the, the playbook during the spring game was pared back so much. Um, and and also just... Don't you think that the question mark at quarterback at Montana is a little bit demeaned because the performance at quarterback last year at Montana wasn't that good? Right, but they were worse I, than Montana State last year with the quarterback play not being that good. I mean, if the quarterback play is on that same level, I think Montana State is better than they well, are. Well, that's why I think that it's... It, it, totally, I totally agree. I, I just think that... There's a there's this like perception or this assumption that no matter what Lucas Johnson is, he'll be better than the Cam Humphrey Chris Brown combo. I don't know if I believe that assumption. I don't think I, that's true. I don't think it is either. It, it remains to be seen. It needs to be proven. But I just I'm just wondering though if sort of the general fan base just thinks that okay, this guy who started nine FBS games last year at San Diego State and started in a bowl game, he can't help but be better than what we had last year, right? Yeah, maybe. I, I, I'm talking about what I think the, that the, the general narrative thinks, right? Yeah, yeah. no, I got gotcha. you. And I, I, I also will give Bobby Halk and his staff credit for this. Regardless of what the the actual guy is, like what, where he ranks in the Big Sky quarterbacks or whatever, they do go all in on empowering their guys that they believe is the guy. Bobby Halk did this from spring ball all the way through fall camp last year. Cam Humphrey is our guy. The, the, the fan base, the quarterback club guys, everybody wanted to believe that Chris Brown was this exceptionally talented young guy that was going to push Cam Humphrey. That was never the case. Every second that Cam Humphrey was healthy, he was the guy for Montana. They're doing it again. If you've seen their team poster, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but Lucas Johnson is front and center right there, and Bobby Houck has talked about it. We heard Marcus Wellmill in the, on this show last week on the ESPN Roundtable also saying Lucas Johnson is our guy. There's nobody talking about Daniel Britt or Chris Brown or anybody else, so at the very least, they're empowering him to be their quarterback. Now, like you're saying, or may as be seen, is he actually an upgraded quarterback for the Grizz? Yeah, and I don't. I haven't seen anything out of Lucas Johnson that would uh, compel me to say that he's not. It's just you don't know. And the offensive line question weighs so heavily on on that as well. But yeah. I think also that, you know, I mean, Montana three, and I know James Madison isn't in the subdivision anymore. I know right. Sam Houston is, is gone. Right. But Montana, I think it was sort of proven in that James Madison game that Montana was probably still a step below the real contenders in the FCS. To me, putting them at three says either, well, either you think North Dakota State and South Dakota State are really the only two teams in that tier, 
or you're saying you're thinking that Montana is going to take a step up into that tier, and I'm just not sure that that's been proven yet. Juan is now ESPN Radio. I also find it fascinating because you mentioned those two teams moving up, and then you look at the uh, top ten in this Athlon poll, and it is NDSU 1, South Dakota State 2, Montana 3, Montana State 4, Missouri State, a team on the rise. They are one of the newer faces in this sort of national contender conversation. Bobby Petrino, back from the dead one more time, uh, doing it there at Missouri State. Sacramento State is ranked 6. Southern Illinois, who has been uh, consistently pretty competitive the last several years, is there at number 7. Villanova, number 8. Kennesaw State, number 9. Stephen F. Austin is 10. And then you got Weber State at 13. Eastern Washington at 15. It's interesting because you look at this top 25 and you have schools like East Tennessee State and Incarnate Word and Kennesaw State and uh, even Jackson State with a new head coach. That sort of is a a new uh, face uh, in the contenders realm. But some of those other schools I just named, those are upstart programs that didn't exist, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. But then the rest of it looks basically the same as it's looked since like 2019. And we've seen this at the top level of the FBS as well. And my brother Brooks has talked about this on this show and on our Big Sky Breakdown podcast frequently. He thinks that one of the number one things that happened during the pandemic was the solidification of dominance by the schools with the most resources. It stratified and almost made it like, I don't don't want to say impossible, but it made it very difficult to move up or down. It, It eliminated a ton of the parity. The best of the best rose to the top, everybody else didn't. And then you also mentioned, like you just did, that Sam Houston and James Madison aren't in the subdivision anymore. I don't know. I I don't want to be a downer on this, but it does seem like the division is a little bit diluted because at this moment, I don't know what is going to change that top four broadly as programs in the FCS for a really long time. I mean, what, what could possibly derail besides just injuries or some sort of scandal or something like that? Other than that, Really, Montana, Montana State, North Dakota, South Dakota State don't have any excuse to be anything but one of the top five or six teams in the country always. Yeah, the subdivision's in a really tough place right now, especially, like we said, losing James Madison and Sam Houston State, who are two teams who could punch in that class. But, I mean, when you look at it, what are those teams that are left in the CAA going to do to get on the same level as the Dakota schools and the Montana schools? They can't. They, they don't right. have the resources. They won't ever have the resources. Well, that's the other thing is when you're talking about like a Villanova program that has a lot of tradition, they've won a national championship. They do. They're never going to draw more than the 5,000 fans that they've been pretty consistently drawing for 30 years. That, it's a good fan base, whatever, but they're not going to get 25,000 like the Grizz. They're also never going to be the number one sport at their school by a long shot because it's Villanova basketball all day. Yeah, and you see the t- the other thing is that a lot of these teams that are coming into the subdivision now making that investment – are using the FCS as a stepping stone. A team yeah, like Tarleton right. State that's eventually moving up into the FBS. Coastal Carolina, I mean, they were in and out. Boom, right, boom. and those are teams that can crash that top tier for a couple years, but they're using it as a stepping stone, so they're gone. And and the thing about it is is that the Dakota schools and the Montana schools are never going to move up. Right. So you have that cap sitting on the subdivision that a lot of these teams are just never going to be able to reach and never going to be able to contend with. And I think, you know, I mean, we'll see those teams have down years, maybe not the Bison, but I think we'll see, you know, Montana, Montana State could have a down year just depending on injuries or if there's... Sure. And and as I love your premise that you have to prove it to make it true. And uh, 
you know, I think Brent Vegan is still improving mode at Montana State, too. I mean, that, that's a huge factor in all of this. Definitely, yes. I mean, Montana, Montana State have been below that top tier, but now they're just sort of there by default because James Madison's not there anymore. You can't. I mean, the FCS for years, it's, it's been because of North Dakota State. There's been a top tier of one. Right, exactly. Uh, but that's also that's now, the most frustrating part about analyzing all of this is, yeah. is, one, the Cats and the Grizz have made great strides to get from where they were to where they are right now, and they deserve credit for that. As well as they are, they're in the position both because of progress for the football programs and dilution of the league or of the of the division. Those two things are both true at the same time. Right, they're almost like contenders by default now, just because of where the league is. And, and that takes away from the work that they've done, which they totally deserve credit for. Agreed. But that's the other thing that's frustrating about analyzing this is we talk our way all the way around the subdivision and all the way around the conference. When in reality, there's only one question that matters. It's not about who is the best contender. I guess what it is the best question for who is the best contender as the number two team in the country. Because it's been one and one team alone in the top tier, and that's all. And so the real, the only question that actually matters when analyzing this stuff is not how close Montana and Montana State are to each other or the rest of the Big Sky or the rest of the FCS. It's how close are they to North Dakota State. Right, and it's such sort of almost like an artificial situation, right? It's not like North Dakota State in any other industry or in any other, yeah. you know, sports thing. They would have just moved up by now. For sure. But they're they're not going to because they, of a, a ton of reasons. They would have moved up and or uh, disintegrated. Right. And, and neither one of those have happened. Like, there was there, – when Craig Bull first won his third straight national championship – there was multiple things that could have happened. They could have made the wrong hire. They could have lost the culture that they had in the program. They could have had bad recruiting. Instead, and I always say this on the show, sports are not linear. College sports are not linear. You don't just get better. The guy who's a star as a freshman is not just guaranteed to be an All-American when he's a senior. It's not linear. It goes up and down. Sometimes you might be the best you ever were when you were a freshman. So regardless, uh, NDSU, though, they had so many different ways they could have stubbed their toe, and they didn't. And now the machine is even cranking at a higher level. Self-sustaining. It's, it's faceless. It doesn't matter who the quarterback or the running back or the coach is. It's just all the way around. Nuanas Now ESPN Radio, good discussion. And, uh, of course, we went a little long. So we're up against it. Got to get out. But we'll be right back. We're going to talk some hockey, some NHL playoffs. Plus, a thought from me because I watched a good documentary last night all about the greatest hockey player of all time. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. 
New coaches galore across high school sports in Missoula as the school year winds down. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. At Missoula Sentinel, the athletic department will have a new director along with a new girls basketball coach and a new track and field coach. Last week, track and field director Craig Mettler stepped down after leading the Spartans to their third consecutive Class AA Boys State Championship. Mettler will take an administrative position at Sentinel and could be in line to take over as Sentinel's AD with the upcoming retirement of Brian Fortman. Sarah Pfeiffer resigned after one season, leading the Sentinel girls basketball program. Last week, Sentinel announced the hiring of Tyler Hobbs, who spent last year coaching the varsity girls at Missoula Big Sky. Hobbs spent three seasons as an assistant, a longtime Spartans head coach Karen Deaton's staff, before Deaton retired two off-seasons ago. Big Sky has hired Travis Williams to take over for Hobbs. The former Carroll College All-American went to multiple state tournaments as the head coach at Wenatchee High in Central Washington. Missoula Hellgate has new coaches in football and girls basketball. Nick Morris left after six seasons, leading the night football team for an administrative position at Helena Capital. Ryan Nelson, who led the Frenchtown football team to the Class A playoffs in all five of his seasons, takes over at Hellgate, while Maddie Keast, a Sentinel alum and former Lady Grizz player, takes the reins from Robin Brady-Henthorne, who led the Hellgate girls to consecutive AA championship games before resigning as co-head coaches this offseason. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Canyon River Golf Club of East Missoula. Remember once upon a time when hockey was on network TV? <laughs> New is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. This is great music. I would love to know the composers of some of the, uh, like the 80s and 90s theme songs for some of the sports. So funny. Thanks so much for kicking it with us. Thanks so much for tuning in. Speaking of Hellgate football, you just heard about in the Sports Center. Uh, ran into Ian Finch today. Ian is a multiple sport athlete there at Missoula Hellgate. Actually just graduated this last weekend. He's headed to the Grizzlies uh, to play wide receiver for the Montana football team. So uh, ask him if you want to swing by the show before things get hectic. It is the East-West Shrine game next weekend as well. So Ian will be on sometime in the next week or so. And uh, also another Hellgate football player who also was a state medalist in track and field, Tommy Nielsen. He is headed to Montana State to play football. Big offensive lineman who was also uh, a bronze medalist in the shot put at the Class AA State meet. Uh, also got a message into him, too. So hopefully uh, we'll hear from a couple of Hellgate's finest as we continue to make the rounds with all of the great high school athletes here uh, in the state of Montana. The NHL playoffs is uh, into its conference finals and actually one conference final wrap last night. The Colorado Avalanche defeated the Edmonton Oilers 6-5. to That's a clean sweep for the Avs who have been dynamite so far in this NHL playoffs. Colorado into the Stanley Cup finals. And they await the winner of the um, New York Rangers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, who play tonight. I believe New York's up 2-0 in this series. Uh, and Tampa Bay, the two-time defending uh, Stanley Cup champions. Tampa got one back over the weekend, so 2-1 okay. now. 2-1. Okay, so this is game four tonight. Okay, uh, gotcha. So I was watching uh, a 30-for-30 30 30 last night after I got done with this fine show and decided to go old school. It was highlighted on there just as one of the ones that I'm like, man, I haven't seen one of the uh, the original 30 for 30s that came out uh, for ESPN's 30th anniversary a, w- a while back. But I watched The King's Ransom, which is a Pete Berg film, and it's a, a, just a 50-minute short. I don't know if you actually can call a 50-minute doc a short, but it, it's, it's short uh, to, to consume. But it's all about Wayne Gretzky and his 
early career for the Edmonton Oilers, one of the great stretches in the history of professional sports. I mean, if you really look at the numbers, it's hard to say it's not the greatest individual performance by someone in a team sport ever. I mean, he set and reset the points records and goal records. I mean, he rewrote the record books of the NHL. He still has over 100 records in the NHL, but so many of Wayne Gretzky's most unbreakable records happened during that height in Edmonton. He also won the Hart Trophy four times in five years and won the Stanley Cup four times in five years. So you can't really do much better than being the best player in the world and winning the Stanley Cup every single year. That said, though, this all came around, and I think that it was a... It was one of the pivotal moments in NHL history. I think there's been several that have that have uh, contributed to the NHL having a hard time keeping pace. We've seen baseball go from the national pastime to a regionalized sport, but that still has some footing in the national conversation, particularly because of fantasy baseball and because of gambling. And then you also have seen the complete explosion of the NFL, the complete explosion of the NBA, And the NHL has been trying to keep pace, trying to keep pace. And I know that sports fans love the Stanley Cup playoffs, but the NHL, from a storyline standpoint, is really hard to follow. And that used to not be the case. And I think one of the tipping points of this was when you had one of Canada's favorite sons in Wayne Gretzky playing for one of Canada's favorite teams in the Edmonton Oilers. And then the financial realities of the situation sinking in and the Oilers realizing that they wouldn't be able to keep this guy for a variety of reasons. The owner was also in some business trouble with some of his other businesses. Uh, Gretzky was about to garner uh, record-setting and precedent-setting money. And so so instead, he was sold to the Los Angeles Kings, basically, Babe Ruth style, for $15 million plus a variety of first-round draft picks. Uh, and a couple players, but they also was a couple Edmonton players in the draft, or excuse me, in the trade as well. And I was watching this documentary last night, and this is all to say that I just couldn't help but think how impactful this was to the Oilers. Now the Oilers are back in the conference finals. They've gotten really good again behind a young star in Connor McDavid, who's not Gretzky, but he's the first thing that's close to him in a really long time. But I just couldn't help but think of how much this impacted the league, how much it impacted the Oilers, and just how much better maybe it would have been for the league if Wayne Gretzky would have stayed there. And it just got me thinking about the NHL in general and just all of the reasons why it is a little bit harder to follow. I think that some of the traditional franchises are in interesting areas. Uh, There are some big market American teams that uh, have great hockey tradition. And I do think within certain cities, the NHL is still wildly popular. But it's sort of had a hard time gaining traction. So that's all to say that, though, the NHL uh, Stanley Cup playoffs are into uh, their final stretch here. And again, the Colorado Avalanche into the Stanley Cup finals, and they await the winner of um, the New York Rangers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Also, I mentioned the Lightning going for their third straight Stanley Cup championship. That's only happened two other times, and it was both back uh, in the, I guess the first time was certainly in the original six era, and then the second time, um, maybe right towards the end or, or maybe towards the beginning of when the NHL first expanded. But both times by the Toronto Maple Leafs between 1947 and 1949, as well as 1962 to 1964. So even some of those great Montreal Canadiens teams, even some of the great Edmonton Oilers teams, they had one glitch where they didn't win the championship, even if, like, the Oilers won four out of five. But they didn't get the three in a row ever. So there's only been two three-peats 
both by the Maple Leafs and uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are going for one again. Do you have anything to add to this? I mean, what what do you think is the? I mean, th- there's there's been the lack of superstars in the NHL. Andrew Houghton's going to join us here in just one sec. Uh, lack of superstars, the loss of network TV rights, or I guess the, the lack of prioritization on having the NHL on network TV consistently. And then there's been multiple work stoppages that really haven't helped anything either. Is that all that's holding the NHL back, or what is what is holding the NHL back? Well, the NHL is a bit of a tough TV product as well because it's a little bit harder to follow than than football. I think the big thing was, and and you brought up Gretzky. Gretzky sort of left a black hole after him because you can't be the next Wayne Gretzky, right? Like right, you can't right. have anybody coming up after him. Right. Uh, and there there was Mario Lemieux in the '90s, but then Eric Lindros had all the injuries, sure. and the league was sort of left without a signature star between. Gretzky's retirement and when I, you know, I would say when Crosby and Ovechkin came into the league. For sure. But why, so Wayne Gretzky, at the height of his powers, like when he was traded to LA, he was one of the biggest stars in America, period. One, yes. of, the biggest, one of the biggest stars in the Western Hemisphere, really. Yes. In, in North America, right? I mean, he was not just a big star for hockey. He was as big a star as like Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson at that exact moment. Maybe not Magic Johnson, but you know what I'm saying. Like he was among, he was on the tip of people's tongue. Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, Connor McDavid. They don't get in that conversation with LeBron James now, or Mike Trout now, or you know any of the Patrick Mahomes now. Well, and also because Gretzky was on TV every summer playing in the finals. Connor McDavid has never made it this far. This is as far as he's made it this year, and he's not in the Stanley Cup Finals. You know, it took Ovechkin forever to make it to the finals. Uh, Sidney Crosby did hit those back-to-back title wins a couple years ago. Uh, But I think that's part of it, too. I mean, hockey's just such a a random game. Uh, You know, so many bounces, and you're not getting these teams on primetime because they're getting eliminated. You're not getting the stars on primetime because they're getting eliminated. Um, And I... I don't know. Is it something about maybe uh, hockey stars are a little bit more uh, reserved? Yeah, maybe. Or, or is it just that the league isn't as good as, at marketing them? I think that um, Adam Silver had such a great soundbite the other day when he was talking about why NBA superstars are so revered. And he was saying because to any person of any age – you can see how truly unique the person that you're watching perform is. And so much of that is just the genetic makeup of some of these guys in the NBA. Like, there's very few people on earth right now or ever on earth like Joel Embiid that that are that big and tall and graceful and can run and jump and all of these things. I mean, I watched the new uh, David Letterman interview with Kevin Durant the other day, and he's standing there next to Letterman. You're like, this guy looks like no other human on earth. He's seven feet tall. He's 175 pounds. His arms are to the ground. He's got such long arms. It's so easy to see how exceptionally rare and gifted these guys are, whereas the, in the NHL, every dude is 6'1 or 6'2, 195 to 215 pounds. They and they're wearing the helmets and right. shoulder pads and everything. I mean, it's easy to see Joel Embiid because he's wearing a jersey and shorts and For Under sure. Armour sneakers, you right. know, and exactly. they're doing a million close-ups. I didn't mean for this to turn into such a, a, a down session on the NHL because I really have enjoyed the Stanley Cup playoffs, actually. For sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'm just wondering if it's, you and know, I, with the league, if they should be going more towards uh, playing up the, in, the in-game live fan experience. Like I said, yeah. it, it's tough to watch on TV because you don't always know where the puck is. Yep. Um, it's, it's tough to jump right into if you're a fan watching it for the first time because you have the offside rule. 
uh, and icing, and it takes a while to just pick up the patterns of play in the game. Right. Uh, in a way that something like basketball doesn't have. But I think that the in-game fan experience is is really cool. I mean, you, you've got the 20-minute... Oh, no question. I, I have been to the, the uh, four major sporting events. I've only been to one NFL game, but I've been to, I don't know, probably like eight or nine NBA games. I've been to a lot of baseball games, tons of baseball games. And I've been to probably eight NHL games. The best pro experiences I've had, all of them, were at NHL games. It's sweet. I mean, first of all, you can sit on the glass for 100 bucks, whereas you're going to spend $100 to even get in the gate at the NFL game. If that, I don't even think you get a $100 NFL ticket anymore. So that's part of it. But, no, I mean, it, hockey doesn't translate that well to TV for sure. I think that the one part, too, that the league might have to reconcile itself with is that the NHL, no matter what way you're watching it, is incredibly fun to watch, especially during the playoffs. Being fun to watch and being easy to follow are two different things. The NFL is incredibly entertaining to watch, exciting to watch. It's also really easy to follow. So is the NBA. The NHL is hard to follow, like just in terms of, I think part of it is because there's not like dynasty buildings because there's so many different teams that can get red hot and just completely destroy the playoff bracket. I mean, the Lightning won their first of this run as a lower seed, right? So, I mean... There's there's so much more parity in the sports, especially when you get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, that's because they're doing a hard salary cap, and that's because right, it right, goes right. back to it, it doesn't make as much revenue as the NFL. Right. Um, you know, that keeps players' salaries down, and that's something that the owners want. But you're right. It does make it really, really difficult. I think it's the most punitive salary cap in, in all of the four major sports. I mean, I would say so, certainly. Uh, you, always talk, you always hear about guys being cap casualties. And GMs doing creative things to get around the cap, that helps keep costs down. But it also, like you said, maybe makes it hard for these teams to stand out because you're cycling through players. It's hard to keep your core together. You want us now, ESPN Radio? How about some free sandwiches and an update on minor league baseball around the Pioneer League? We got Tagliari Tuesday coming at you. Keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio? Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Just ask why and try not to die as I take you through a ghetto. A seven deuce full of gold spy. Thought I was tripping the second time they rolled by. Recognize the plates, the faces look familiar. But everybody swear they know the that's gonna We are huge rap and hip-hop fans around here at Nuanas now. One of our main guys that we love analyzing hip-hop with, Rajim Seabrook, he's coming in studio with me tomorrow, so that'll be very fun. Love Tupac. Definitely one of my... 
favorite artists, period. He's captivating to me. I love reading about him. I love reading his writings. I love listening to him both speak and, and perform. But I love Tupac Resurrection, the, the, the movie about him, and also the soundtrack that goes with it. And that, the lead track, definitely one of the hardest Tupac songs. It's ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. Thanks for being here with us here on your Tuesday. Closing down hour number one, hour two coming at you. We got Duncan Hamilton coming up. He is a junior at Montana State, a Bozeman High product who will run on track and field's biggest stage, the NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships from Tracktown USA in Eugene, Oregon. Duncan Hamilton will be with us to kick off uh, our River City Runners. We'll also have our Treasure State Stars. And uh, we're also going to talk some live tour, big money, money, money. But is that the only thing that matters? We shall discuss all that coming up in hour number two. It is a Tuesday, so that means it's a Taglieri Tuesday. Taglieri Deli, one of the best sandwich spots you're going to have find anywhere in Missoula. We had a birthday party last week. Happy birthday, Aubrey. And Taglieri was kind enough to provide a sandwich and cheese plate for us. And, man, it was delicious. So whether you're in the mood for sandwiches, some charcuterie, maybe you want some old country wine, Taglieri Deli, your go-to spot. Call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Taglieri Tuesday, caller number three. We got a $25 gift card for you to Taglieri Deli, located right there at the corner of Beckwith and Higgins, right next to the roundabout. $25 to tag if you call right now, 406-888-1029. Caller number three. The Pioneer League baseball season is underway. We're about a dozen games into this thing. The Paddleheads entered their two days off that began yesterday with an 8-4 victory over the Great Falls Voyagers on Sunday. That pulled Missoula to 6-6 overall. They're 2-4 in the Pioneer League so far. So an inauspicious and uh, sort of up-and-down start for the defending Pioneer League champions. The Voyagers are out in front. They started 9-3. and three. But it's very hard to really know what we got in any of these teams because of the weird schedule that they're playing. The Paddleheads opened up their season playing against Billings for three games. And then they had counted up a nine-game set against the Great Falls Voyagers. So... The only thing that really changed was the venue the games were played in. I don't even really know how to analyze uh, nine games in a row. It's uh, it's so strange. I don't I don't really know what to think. Uh, other than there's a lot that we're going to learn. But in terms of the other Montana Pioneer League teams, Great Falls out there at nine and three. The Mustangs will host or excuse me will play in Missoula starting tomorrow. And then we also have a new team in the Pioneer League, the Glacier Range Riders up in Kalispell in their first season. They are 5-6 and six, uh, through their first 11 games as a franchise. You can always find all Missoula Paddleheads games right here on ESPN Radio. We will have all 92 of them, home and away. Jeff Safford, the voice of the Paddleheads, one of the best things we got going here at ESPN Missoula. He's a phenomenal play-by-play guy, very fun to listen to. So keep it tuned here in the evenings starting back up. Tomorrow, we'll always have the Missoula Battleheads games. They usually start about 7.05, but we usually go to the pregame about 15, 20 minutes before that. So in the evenings, keep it tuned to ESPN Radio and check out 
the Missoula Paddleheads live on your airwaves. Also, swing into Western Cider if you're on your way to the Paddleheads game. Western Cider, it's all about great cider, good times, and community. As the official cider of the Missoula Paddleheads, Western Cider has a baseball game day deal that can't be beat. Stop by the tasting room of any on any home game game day, and uh, if you show your ticket, you're going to buy one and get one free. That's right. Buy one cider, get the other one free if you show them your Missoula Paddleheads ticket. Kick back and enjoy a cheese plate with your cider, and then take the quick walk over the California Street Bridge to cheer on the Paddleheads. Western Cider, 501 North California, open 4 to 8 on Monday through Thursday and noon until 8 Friday through Sunday. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you, one of the best athletes in the state of Montana. Montana State distance running virtuoso. Duncan Hamilton gets it kicked off. Keep it right here. Nuanas now. ESPN Radio. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes. And they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.